please. Turning your Bible once again to that fifth psalm that we read a few moments ago. Psalm 5. And if you will, look at, with me at verse 3. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. You hear my voice. Now, are you sure that God hears your voice? Are you certain that God listens? Or do you sometimes wonder? David was sure. He didn't say, I hope you hear me. He didn't say, I think you hear me. He said, in the morning, you hear me. He was certain. And his confidence didn't end there. He was also certain that God would respond. Because he said, in the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. He expected God to answer his prayers. Now, do you expect God to answer your prayers? Do you wait for an answer, or does uh, God's propensity to move slowly cause you to give way to the mistaken fear that prayer is wasted, wasted effort? Well, Psalm 5 records the musings of David's heart. And they led him to the assurance that God listens and answers prayer. And this conclusion shows you why you can share that same certainty. You can be sure your prayers are heard and answered because you're the object of God's favor. Door is wide open. God has invited you. In fact, uh, through James, he uh, instructs us. He says, come boldly before the throne of grace. He says, you'll never be denied. He says, you'll never find the door slammed in your face. Recently, much of the news is centered around Queen Elizabeth, her life and her death. And just a few weeks ago, there was a picture, I thought it was a very, very nice picture. She was standing on the balcony, and beside her were, uh, I think, three generations of her family, probably not the entire family, but there were three generations, and uh, there was a little great-grandson there. I think his name's William. I'm not quite sure. But he was acting up a little bit. He was uh, being a little bit antsy as a little boy, and... I think he uh, said something to his great-grandmother, the queen, and it showed her answering that little boy, talking to him. Now, if I desired, I couldn't even get an audience with her. But here was a young boy who had her ear simply because of the fact that she was, he rather, was one who was related to her. He was one who was part of her family. Some might get an appointment with her, appointment with her, but that's only for the privileged few that can manage that. Yet here was a little guy 
who was always welcome. Now, God's favor is demonstrated in the open door that he always presents to his children. And this is brought into bold relief in contrast to, uh, as he contrasts the believer's welcome with the unbeliever's exclusion. For if you look at verse 4 and 5, we read these words. He says, For you're not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong and destroy those who tell lies. Now, that's in contrast with uh, what he said before. He said, uh, uh, in the morning, I'm able to lay my request before you and wait expectantly. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. You hear the cry is what David said. God doesn't grant access into, access into his presence, uh, uh, everyone, but he grants his people access into his presence as they make a request. And it's God's nature which makes this an impossibility to hear the uh, unbelievers. For he tells us, he says, you're not a God who takes pleasure in evil with the uh, wicked you cannot dwell. Rather, he says, you destroy and uh, abhor them. Now, it's wickedness that separates people from God. It's because he's not that kind of a God. To The arrogant can't stand in his presence. Why? Because he's not that kind of a God. He destroys those who tell lies. He abhors bloodthirstiness and deceitful people. Why? Because he's that not that kind of a God to accept evil. He's wholly different and separate from wickedness. He's in a category all by himself, and that category is labeled holiness. The prophet Habakkuk was one who underscored this. He said of God, you're too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrong. Now, because of this, wicked don't have access into the presence of God. Unpeople are shut out until the point where they cry out in mercy, asking God for mercy, asking him for the gift of salvation, and he hears that prayer. Now, the name which he calls the wicked here gives a hint as to why uh, it's so that he doesn't hear. He said they're described as arrogant. Now, arrogance is a hallmark of wickedness. It characterizes the people of America in uh, the year 2022. If arrogance is not the bottom line of wickedness, it comes close to it. It is the, uh, it's wicked to arrogantly banish God to the back rooms of your life or my life as we pursue things that we consider of more important. It's wicked to refuse to uh, allow God to brighter our self-sufficient spirit, which says concerning God, uh, I can get well along without you. I don't need you. It's wicked to arrogantly believe that on judgment day, you'll be able to march right up to God and argue your case before him. And I've heard people brag uh, that they're going to point out to God how good they actually are. And in reality, the scripture says, every mouth will be stopped. Every excuse will be recognized as so baseless that it won't even be uttered. Now, far from granting access, he hates, 
hates all who do wicked and restores, destroys them. Look at verse 6 once again. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful you detest. He specifies several expressions there. He says lies, bloodthirstiness, and deceitfulness. And perhaps these were what David was up against as he wrote this psalm. You may lament, I've lied. All of us have probably lied. I've deceived. All of us have probably deceived. You might say, though I've never actually shed anyone's blood, I've hated others. I've wanted to be rid of them. I just would like to wash my hands uh, uh, of certain people. I want them out of my life. We've held hard feelings, maybe an unforgiving spirit toward someone. And Jesus said that the hate is to commit murder in your heart. And so, if that's true of us, and I know it's been true of me on some occasions, then uh, I have uh, no reason to expect that God will listen to or respond to my prayers. Now, the contrast that he makes here shows how the favor of his presence is granted. In verse 7, he says, the wicked can't... uh, dwell with God or stand in his presence, but in contrast, by your great mercy, I will come into your house. In reverence, I will bow down. Now, David had a record of lying and deceit, and his hands were uh, uh, stained with the blood of Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. But he could come into God's presence, and he could reverently bow before him, How? Well, he tells us in that verse. He says, by your great mercy. Mercy is an expression of uh, the love of God, and it's uh, an expression of his love. It's uh, directed to us in the misery of our sinfulness and our lostness. And the only way anyone will be granted the favor of his presence, this is the only way, through his mercy. Evil lurks in every heart. But if you come in the same spirit as David, you'll be granted the favor of access to God. You have to come with humility. David didn't come uh, parading his prominence, his wealth. He didn't come uh, uh, parading the fact that uh, he held the position that God had elevated him to the uh, position of the king. But he came in the spirit of of humility. And as a result of that, as he came in reverence and bowed his knee, the Lord heard him. Now, the prayer he offered didn't breathe a hint of arrogance. Look at verse 8 once again. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make straight your ways before His request apparently had to do with opposition by his enemies. And as he responded to the difficulties, he wanted to go straight down the path of God's righteousness rather than seeking God's assistance to tread a lesser pathway. 
Our attitude sometimes reflects this type of thinking. I expect to bless me as uh, I hold my grudge or as I wash my hands of brothers and sisters who've disappointed me. Or I expect them to bless me even though I wallow in self-absorption. David's prayer, in contrast, reflects a humble attitude. His prayer was in accordance with God's will. He came in the spirit of the Lord Jesus, not my will, but thy will be done. Not the way I want it, Lord, but the way you tell me in your word that you want it, the way that's right. Now, those who come humbly, depending on the mercy of God, as provided in the Lord Jesus, are accepted in the beloved one. And, of course, that beloved one is in the Lord Jesus. And they're objects of God's favor, and they can come into the presence of the Lord. When you're right there before him, you can logically conclude that he'll hear and answer your prayer, just as a loving parent would do. In fact, he's even better than that. He's never preoccupied, as parents sometimes are, never too busy to listen to your cries. Now, you can be sure your prayers are heard and answered because you're the object of his favor, but also because of the fact that you are under his protective care. God's children are not only objects of his favor, but they're also those who God watches over and God cares for, and when, uh, those who God protects from danger and rescues from danger and harm that would come our way. David's desires uh, led him straight, uh, excuse me, uh, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. Uh, unlike David's desire, to be led in God's righteousness in straight ways, he describes the way of the wicked. Look with me at verse 9. He says, Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues, they tell lies. Thinking of God's attitude toward and treatment of the wicked, David makes his second petition then in verse 10. He says, declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. Now, the Psalms contain a number of prayers that are like this. Prayers that uh, sometimes we think they're out of the spirit of Christianity. After all, doesn't God say we're to love our enemies and we're too good to those who despitefully use us and so on? But he says, declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they've rebelled against you. These are prayers asking for judgment on the wickedness. And these prayers trouble us, as I mentioned. I like a quotation that came from James Montgomery, uh, James Montgomery Boyce. I don't know if you know who he was, but he was on the radio. He was the pastor of that uh, uh, Bible-believing Presbyterian church, 10th Presbyterian, up in uh, the city of Philadelphia. And he said this in one of the books I have that he wrote. He says, prayers like this, 
present a difficulty to many people. We're asking God, uh, blast the wicked. God, punish the wicked. God, uh, uh, knock them down. He says, prayers like this present a difficulty to many people. It's necessary to note that David's vexation with the wicked is not personal. Few people in the Bible were more forgiving in response to personal attacks than David. Rather, his concern was for God's condemnation of their sin, not necessarily the people themselves, but of their sin. David asked God to condemn sin rather than justifying sinful behavior and to see that, uh, to see uh, in it, to see it in the stratagems of the wicked that they fail and they're banished while they are in such a state of rebellion. It's exactly the kind of prayer we should be able to pray when we see the effects of evil in the fallen world. Now, people who refuse to give up the rebellion and come to the Lord Jesus are not under God's protective care. And this is in contrast with the refuge that there is in Jesus. For in verse 11, he says, But that all those who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. And such protection is uh, the cause for rejoicing, and it's the cause uh, for singing. Then he draws a logical conclusion in verse 12. He says, for surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous, and you surround them with your favor as with a shield. See, the righteous are uh, uh, objects of God's blessing. His favor surrounds them. His protective favor surrounds them just like a shield. Now, if God has chosen to spread his tent of protection over you, and to surround you with his favor is with the shield, it logically follows that it will heed your cries for protection and help. It's proper, proper for us as Christians to expect God to hear and answer such prayers. Now, look back at verse 3 once again. Look at the exact way David words it. He says in that verse, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay your prayers, my requests rather, before you and wait expectantly. Waiting in expectation. They convey the idea, the word conveys the idea of uh, leaning forward, uh, uh, peering into the distance. Uh, when I read that and was thinking about it, I thought of a visit uh, that my wife and I had in North Carolina with uh, her sister. Your sister's name is Isabel, was uh, anxious to see her. She and Betty had been uh, very, very close during their life. And we came into the uh, airport, and we were heading down uh, the corridor. There was a, a, a barrier. There were turnstiles that you could go out to the area where the general public was. And right there at the turnstiles was uh, Isabel and her daughter waiting. They had been looking with expectantly. Well, God says that uh, uh, we should look with expectancy for his answer. Uh, now, his answer is not always immediate. Confirmation orders from Amazon.com usually include a mes message like this. Expect delivery in five to ten days. 
Now, God seldom tells us when uh, he's going to answer our prayer. Uh, It's like a test. In fact, I think that it's probably true that the Lord always seems to be uh, late, almost too late. Uh, It seems like his answers, at least I've experienced this many times, that uh, it's just almost at the last minute that God answers the prayer. It's a test of our faith. But we're not to give up expecting it. We aren't to doubt. We aren't to be so impatient that our needs be met that we get testy with other people around about us and uh, we blame them because we can't get at the Lord. Instead, we're to lean forward in expectation, waiting for God's perfect delivery time, which is never a minute too late or a minute too soon. Because God favors you with immediate access into his presence. And because he cast his tent of protection over you, you can express your confidence, as David said, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and you wait in expectation. Let's bow before our Lord in prayer. Do you have a burden that you've been taking before the Lord? And have you grown weary in asking and maybe even given up asking? Maybe you have uh, someone you love dearly who doesn't know the Lord Jesus and you've been praying and praying and praying. I've told you several times before, all those years I prayed for my dad's salvation and it wasn't till the last minute just one week before he died that he professed faith in the Lord Jesus. God says, don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Keep on praying. Keep waiting in expectation. Bring your request before him. Maybe the request is dealing with other needs. He says, keep on praying. You've heard those words in scripture that says knock and the door will be opened to you, seek, you'll find. Well, those words in the language in which it was written is keep on knocking, keep on seeking. God wants you to persist until the perfect time for his answer to come. So wait on the Lord. Cast your burdens on him. He's a God who cares for you. He's a God who's invited you into his presence to make your request known to him. Thank you, Lord, that you are such a God. And help us, our God, to grow in faith and the knowledge of you as we consider those things that your word tell us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. For our concluding hymn,